You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, everybody. This is Sarah, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. And I am super excited to be back with you this week with another great guest. Um, We've been chatting a little bit before the podcast, so I know he can talk on so many different things. I'm excited to introduce him to you. But what I'd like to do is share a quote of his. I'll give you a little bit of bio around him, and then we'll bring him on. And I really liked this quote, and it is that we are all capable of more than we think we are, and we can all learn to take on thriving mindset to accomplish any goal we set for ourselves and get through adversity as quickly as necessary. So let that sink in a bit. We've heard versions of that as little kids. You can be anything you want to be that's different. This is talking about adversity um, and getting through it. Our guest today is Bill Murphy, and he has written a book, came out last October, called Thriving in the Storm, Nine Principles to Help You Overcome Any Adversity. And I really, when I was researching it, and I I was looking at what other people had to say about the book who've read it, and I liked this quote from a psychologist and PhD, Dr. Gene King, who said, thriving in the storm is a testament to the virtue and strength of human spirit. Bill Murphy speaks from the heart and offers exercises that represent a practical philosophy of success. It's that combination of practical and philosophy that appeals to me because I love the theoretical, but then it's like, how does it play in real life? And he's made the bestseller list multiple times in multiple venues. So um, I'll bring Bill on in a second, but I also want to tell you just a little more detail about him, and it's not that short. So Bill has overcome PTSD from abusive childhood, countless mental health challenges, and unexpected crises. And today, he's in a different space. Although he and I, pre-going live, were talking about how that space is never static. You know, we come up, we come down. But he went on to earn his bachelor's degree in psychology from Worcester State University, a master's in counseling psychology from Framington State University, and become a nationally recognized mortgage originator and has been at the top producer for over 25 years. So it's easy to get to the top, but to maintain the top, that's not so easy, especially if you're dealing with adversity and changes and challenges. He has served as a business coach um, for the Fairway Ignite program. He's worked as a juvenile counselor for the Worcester State Department of Youth Services, and he's raised over $500,000 for Make-A-Wish Foundation, and he continues to support several charities. I love that because, you know, I like the nonprofit world and I love working with my folks in the nonprofit world. And he founded a nonprofit, the Thrive Foundation. Now, as interesting and laudable as all of that is, he's finished an Ironman, He earned a black belt in Krav Maga, and he ran the Boston Marathon not once, not twice, but five times and once on crutches. And don't you know we're going to talk about the crutches because I can't conceive of doing that long on crutches. Actually, I can't do it myself on feet. So um, Bill knows firsthand, though, that when the storm hits, you have three choices. Give up, become a victim, 
or do what you can to survive, learn, and thrive. He says he's a regular guy, but he's thriving at the top of his profession, recognizing that the top shifts a bit. Um, And he reminds us we don't have to have exceptional talents and resources to overcome adversity, to be resilient, or achieve extraordinary goals. We're all capable of more than we realize. And we can learn from Bill. So that's our goal today is I want to learn from Bill. So I'm going to ask him some things about running the marathon on crutches, breaking the funk, you know, that thing that seeps in and grabs our attention sometime, um, that outer us versus the inner us. I'm moving through adversity, what we're, why he believes we're capable of more than we even believe we are. And there's one thing I do want to talk to him about, it, and that is why he says positivity is the superhuman power. So with all of that as an intro, let's welcome Bill Murphy to the show. Welcome, Bill. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah, for that warm introduction. I appreciate it. Well, I've been looking forward to speaking with you. Just because there's something about like that when I researched, you've just got an interesting energy for me. Like it's a positive energy. It's a real energy. It feels very ground. Like you're just real. You don't feel like fluff and flash. But I do. But one thing you shared in sending information to us is you said you had an interest in biohacks, which I've been learning about those and really at a different levels. I wouldn't say I know a lot, but I'm so interested in what you are learning or a trying to learn right now and and what you're working on yeah well so biohack is you know just improving overall wellness and health right so here's where it starts if you know we can check all the boxes of our dreams and goals on where we where we want to be right and if we're not if we're not healthy then all those all those dreams and aspirations are, are are out the window i mean when we're healthy, we have a thousand dreams. When we're not, we have one dream, and that's to be healthy. So, you know, longevity and lifestyle and all that plays in plays into this. So, like biohacking, a lot of times people, I think some of the myths about biohacking is you have to buy some fancy equipment with red lights and saunas and and cryotherapy and all sorts of stuff. Yes, that those are those are biohacks. But a real a real free biohack is probably the best biohack that we all could we could all use and it's transformational and that's gratitude and journaling and putting it together journal your gratitude um or give those thoughts of of journaling and so that's proven to just change your physiology that's proven to change your emotions i mean you don't need a pill to do this right you can get a pen and paper and do this every single day morning and night five minutes tops and you could you could feel pretty damn good about the day the way your day starts and the way your day ends just by just giving giving some uh gratitude thoughts but where i got into the biohacking was um and you mentioned this earlier about the marathon on crutches i was training for uh the boston marathon um and i was 60 days out and it was during covid so they moved the mar- marathon which is typically on a, a patriot's day in massachusetts in April to October. And so it was in August and I was uh, walking down my stairs and when I, I missed the two bottom stairs and I, I tore my quad like instantly, I just landed wrong, tore my quad. And it was the most excruciating pain that I, that I ever had. It was like the quad actually detached from the knee and ro- ro- rolled up into the hip. If you can imagine, 
it was so bad that it, the bulge in my leg when I touched it, I thought it was the bone, but it was actually the tendon, um, you know, kind of sticking up. So it was just really, really painful. So I went into surgery the next day. And so my doctor says, there's no absolute, there's no way you can do. And I said, Hey, I got to do this for make a wish. I got to, you know, I want to run. If I can't run it, can I, can I walk it? Can he's like, you're not walking for any time soon. And you're not, I said, what about crutches and all sorts of stuff? He says, no, absolutely not. You can't do any of this stuff. So 60 days out. And so day one, I'm sitting in my recliner because I couldn't even make it up the stairs to you know, the bedroom. So I'm sitting in my recliner and just trying to figure out a way to get better and do this, do this, do this marathon of crutches. Well, the Boston Marathon says no. Everybody says no, liability, liability. You know, what are you crazy? You're still up, you're still, you're still recovering from the drugs you were on when you were put out for the surgery. And I probably was. But but here's the thing. I said, you know what? I committed to these kids and raising money for Make a Wish. And this was like my fifth time doing this for the Make Wish organization. So I can I can bail and even Make a Wish said, we'll say we'll give you a roster spot next next year on the team. And I said, no, wait a second. Like these kids don't have a choice with their diagnosis. And so I I don't have a choice because I committed to this. So we're going to figure this out. So we ended up getting a venue at my old alma mater and we did a, we did a virtual marathon of crutches around the track, around the football track. And so where biohacking comes in is I'm like, I have to heal super fast and figure this out. And, um, so I started just, I started the red light therapy. I started, you know, lymphatic massage drainage. I started, um, um, you know, uh, the, uh, the stems, acupuncture, um, infrared sauna. Like I was doing everything just to try to try to heal anything anti-inflammatory, like turmeric and, um, bone broth and everything that was anti-inflammatory was what I was subscribing to, to try to get, try to get this rolling. So that's how the biohack had evolved. And to the, that was a couple of years ago. So to this day, like I biohack my journaling, but I also have some fun biohacks that I use. Like I'm on a chair right now that has a infrared, um, it's an infrared heat, heat pad. Uh, and it's wonderful, um, by higher dose. So like, you know, I'm always trying to hack some things. I always feel, I feel better. And the doctor told me when I gave, when we finished the marathon on crutches, he, he told me, he said, I was 50 years old. He said, I've never seen a, a 25 year old heal or anyone heal as fast as you did. It's whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. And so I didn't run the marathon. I didn't walk the marathon. I, I I did it on crutches. So that that's the that's the biohacking story. So now I'm always playing around with with different things and and do cold plunges and cryotherapy and all that fun stuff. How much of that, like when he was saying he's never even seen a 25 year old heal this quickly, right? How much of or what portion of your healing would you attribute both to your mindset versus the physical changes you were adding like did you believe you i mean how much did you have to stay positive like this is working it's working the mindset was 90 percent everything okay the can-do attitude because i wanted to quit my dog was my running partner but so she always ran with me right on the trails and we would always run so we started crutching around my pool and how boring and but she her tail was wagging so she used my motivation but 
um, we were crutching around the pool. And the, the first day that I did it, I, I was, I was chafed and bleeding under my arms. My, my leg was killing me. And I, I calculated that if I was to do this marathon on crutches, it was going to take me 15 hours to get it done. And I was like, this is just going to be grueling. Like, I don't know if I could do this. So day, that was day one. We did it for a half hour. Day two, we did it for 45 minutes. Day, day three, we did it for, you know, an hour. And then, you know, then I went on the road um, with, with my dog and I went on the road and people would be like, what are you doing? You're on crutches. You're going you're gonna to get killed, you know, get hit by a car and all that sort of stuff. And I, I was just like, I just needed to, I just needed to keep moving and say I could do this. Um, to prove it to myself. So the attitude was everything. And then I, then I needed people, I needed to surround myself with people that could believe in me and lift me up. So I told make a wish, I said, get on board, we're going to get this done. I told, you know, I coach and I'm coached. And I, and I told all my, my coaches, whether it was my, my trainers or my, my executive coaches or whatever, I was like, I need you to back me on this. I told my friends, I told my family, just support me. Just, I don't ever want to hear that this is going to be impossible. It's going to be hard to do. So the mind absolutely came into play. And to take that a step further, I I did a lot of meditation, which is kind of a biohack. And and um uh, I meditated and I visualized the healing and getting and and the success of the um of the marathon of crutches. Okay, so that was a lot. And where yeah. were you in writing your book during this time? In the middle of it. Uh-huh. It was almost done. So the last chapter was written when I was going through this. And that's that chapter was called Success to Significance. And it was just like so serendipitous how things play out. Like I just went through the most painful exercise that I wouldn't wish on anybody. But so many things happened. I raised quadruple the amount of money that I would have raised if I just ran in 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 Boston for the marathon. And I, I quadrupled that what I would have raised because of the awareness that I did and the news coverage that I received, you know, all the major news news channels were at the, at the marathon covering it. And, and so people just donated to make a wish because I, you know, th this crazy, crazy guy on crutches is, is killing himself doing this. I'm going to give to this cause of, of, of make wish. So it, it brought attention to it, but the success to the significance is, Yes, I've enjoyed a little bit of success in business. I've enjoyed a little bit of success, you know, with my philanthropic efforts individually. But the significance is, is when you can make it impactful on everybody else. And so, like, that's me modeling for my kids to say that, to show them that I said I was going to do something. I'm going to do it. And it's for a cause greater than 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 what I stand for. And that was, you know, let's make a wish organization. These kids don't have a choice. So, you know, we want to, we brought awareness and we, we raised a heck of a lot of money um, for the organization. And, you know, my kids got to be a part of it. So that was, yes, I enjoyed a little bit of success in my life, stumbling and crawling and failing forward a lot. But the significance is modeling that for my kids and others. That takes my breath away a little bit just because you mentioned a couple of things in there about um knowing that they didn't have a choice but you did and you could have chosen to quit no shame no one would have said anything from me about you right but you couldn't because that was part of you but you also shared about the accountability that that book provided for you right it's like it's 
it is putting um, the pedal to the metal. It's like, okay, if you believe these things, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, a great point. Well, so that's adversity, right? So the whole book was about nine principles of getting through adversity as quickly as you can. Well, if I sat on my recliner and 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 stayed on the medication that was prescribed to me and even self-medicated, you know, with whatever and gave an excuse to eat whatever I wanted and and said, you know what, I'm down and out for a while. I have a I have a prescription that says I can just chill and not take and not pursue anything. I get a free pass. No one's gonna, no one's gonna crucify me for that. But I said, how can we get through this as fast as we possibly can? And I wrote about it. And if I just stayed laid up, then I'm a hypocrite. And I couldn't live with myself releasing that into the world and say, hey, get through the adversity as fast as you can, where I didn't do anything about it. So what was the motivation? Because you hadn't hurt yourself at this point. So what was the motivation for writing the book in the beginning? <laughs> um, pretty funny. So you and I talked on camera prior to this about the the Enneagram 3, right? And so um, the Enneagram 3, they're, they're, uh, you helped me phrase this, but because I know you're the expert in this and you are the expert. <laughs> um, is you have a lot of self-doubt and you have look around and you're like, am I worthy? Should I be here? Do I belong here? So that's where I journaled. I've journaled. My, my book was comprised of journal notes for years, right? And it's usually, I usually journaled after a workout in the morning after a workout and then that night or a combination of those three. And I remember um, when I, I did my first Ironman, I'm looking around at all these incredible athletes and I'm seeing, man, these guys are talking a language I don't understand. They're talking nutrition I don't understand. They're talking performance I don't understand. They're talking about a course I don't understand. Like I, I barely dressed properly for this event and I'm like, I, I don't know if I belong here. And then I, I had to snap out of it. Yes, they're human. You're human. Let's go. You put in the training. You put in the work. You are capable of way more than you give yourself credit for. So I have to shift. I have to shift that un, that doubt, that unworthiness feeling, and then take that to the, you know, I'm going to compete and I'm going to give it my best. And there was a there was a there was a phrase, and I know you're a big mantra person. I love the mantras, right? So I always try to play games with my, my own mantras. So there's a category, and I, I study this, about there was 3,000 people. Uh, there was about 500 people that don't finish, right? So there's a good percentage. And I said, and it says, uh, did not finish or did not qualify. It means you, you may have finished, but you didn't meet it in the time. So I just said, I'm not a DNFer. I'm not a DNFer. Did not finish her. I'm I'm not a DNFer. I'm not a DNFer. I'm not a DNFer. I'm not a DNFer. I mean, it's kind of negative in a way, but it's like I will not ever quit. You know, I'm not going to quit. I will not be a DNFer. So how mu however much pain or whatever obstacles I encounter along the way, I will not quit. Um, and that was kind of that was my mantra. I'm not a DNFer. <laughs> so how did that translate into you know? Not being a DNF or translating into going down the journey of writing a book, which is in and of itself um, 
not an easy thing to do. Well, well, it was about we are capable of way more than we believe. Okay. So that's how that started. And then it went into the whole adversity piece. Then we kind of um, bankrolled that into the, the adversity piece of you have three choices. You could, you know, you could have a victim mentality where you just lay, lay down in bed, hit the snooze button five times because you because you either had a bad day or you have a bad day ahead of you that you're perceiving or you could be survi- in survival mentality or mindset and you'd be like, hey, how are you doing today? Surviving, I'm surviving, getting by, just coasting, you know, like, so that's not really helping anybody and it's not helping you. Yes, you're, you're, you're sleepwalking your way through life in that particular moment and surviving, great. But the thriving mindset is where the magic happens and where you can really uh, feel good about yourself. And that's the, that's the self-actualization that Maslow's hierarchy. And that's, that's where, you, where you hit achievement in spite of you know, the cards that you've been dealt. And that's, that's kind of where we go with that thriving mindset. So you got those three choices. So it started off, you're capable of way more than you think you think you are. And then when you're in the storm, hey, are you a victim? Are you surviving? Or are you thriving? Now, listen, each adversity has to be, um, you have to process and even maybe grieve uh, some of the adversities that you face. Let's face it. You know, if you, if you had a, a loss in your life, I don't expect you to say, let's go get them today. I mean, you have to process it, but you can grieve and process and still productive there's they're not mutually exclusive to be a grateful and to grieve you know um because even in the grief sometimes there's those things like oh i'm so happy we had these moments together or this happened i'm just and i'm reflecting back just on the last six months in my my immediate family's life where we've had lost four people you know and they're not all thankfully all like direct ones once removed but they're still all family members you know and love and and then sometimes so you're sad but then you're thinking oh my god i remember doing this with that person so there's the opportunity to be grateful for those moments recognizing the sadness and the loss at the same time how many folks do you think when you're working with them and coaching them or in your collective group that you hang with how many folks fall into the trap of one of those three more than another or the bucket of one so like how many folks tend to be in the like oh it's too i'm just surviving oh that's a great question so let's let's i i do want to talk about this so i work with a lot of folks that are high achievers and i work i work with some that want to be high achievers and and have some, they all had one thing come, they have some success, right? The, the one thing, when they're all stuck, the ones that are stuck, this is great, the ones that are stuck spin their wheels and they don't know how to get out of it. They tell themselves. The ones that are high achievers that are stuck are figuring it out, figuring it out, figuring it out. What can I do next? What is the next best thing I can do now? Like. They have that common denominator, like the thriving mindset that we talk about. They are always looking to get to the other side. And what, okay, I can't open this door, it's locked, but I can run through the wall. So whatever that takes, they do. I find the ones that are stuck in their own 
in their own circumstances, they don't, the door's locked. Man, I'll try it in five minutes. I'll try it in, a, in an hour. Maybe I'll call somebody later to see if they can unlock that door. But I'm not running through that wall. That's too hard. I can't figure that out. You know, so I, I, I'm just trying to paint the picture as being stuck and staying stuck and kind of almost giving yourself an excuse to stay there because of the circumstances rather than figure it out. There's got to be another way. And what is a coach told me years ago, and this was the best advice I ever got from a coach when I was going through some stuff. This was probably 10, 15 years ago. He said, you can't do anything about these circumstances right now. It's kind of like a serenity prayer. You can't do anything about what you can't control. But what is the next best thing you can do right now in this moment? And I've never forgotten that. And I'm always thinking, okay, I'm up against it. We're up against it. We can't do it this way, but we can do it this way. This is the next best alternative. So I find that there's a common denominator there. Yeah, I think that's really insightful. And sometimes I think it's easy to get stuck if we think the way we planned on doing it is the only way or even the best way. Because sometimes getting stuck opens us up like, what's the next best thing? That next best thing might even be better, right? You didn't think of it. It was just like a stopgap, but then someone else came in, something else happened. So we can get stuck in this mindset of like, I planned it, it's supposed to happen this way. And if it's not happening this way, I'll wait until it does, right? It's like, okay, even something as simple as like, go do the dishes, do something, right? Get the momentum because that inertia does nothing for us. So so great points are, so really what we want to do is program ourselves to always look for the alternative in our in our in our situation what is that so always have plan b just have plan b ready or or know that there needs to be a plan b if you don't have it ready because nothing does anything ever go the way we plan it no it's it's not a straight line to to hitting your achievement you're gonna zig you're gonna zag you're gonna fall and so while you're falling you you're gonna have to course correct and that's that's plan b plan c plan d you're gonna keep figuring it out and that's why we quit so many times and don't continue with our goal is because we get so far off course and we don't we don't try to course correct. We say, you know what? It's not meant. How about this one? It's not meant to be. Surviving, getting by, not meant to be. Yeah, I always think when I say when I hear that said, I think it's not meant to be the way you planned it, but it's meant to be some way, right? Yeah. Just stay open. Yeah. You know, and that really means we have to have a growth mindset, be willing to mm-hmm. pivot, be willing to, to not be the smartest person in the room, right? Maybe someone else has a great idea. Absolutely. Which is kind of fun. If you can start making a game out of it. I, t- I told my husband the other day, sometimes it's great to be wrong because he said you were mistaken. And I said, I know sometimes it's so great to be wrong. And he goes, say that again. I said, it's true because I didn't know there was a different way to do that until you showed it to me. And I'm thinking, that was great. I learned something today. Yeah. Thanks. You know, like gamifying things that are hard. Uh, I, I play games with myself all the time in like training. So right now I'm in a, I'm in a pretty arduous training regimen. We were doing another Ironman, right? And so, so um, on the weekends, I have to do a lot of, uh, I have to get a lot of hours in, in, in my runs. And I don't listen to music. I listen, I listen to books or podcasts. So the way I look at it is like, instead of saying, damn, I, you know, I got three and a half hours of a run tomorrow. I'm not really looking forward to it. You, you know what? 
and this actually happened, Sarah. I was I was running on Sunday and I had a three and a half hour run. And I said, you know what? I'm going to listen to Sarah's podcast for three and a half hours and get prepared for this um, episode. And so I, I listened to, to you. I listened to What's that? I got to go running with you. Yeah. So I, I listened to a bunch of your podcasts, cool. uh, Moments with Maria and everything, um, you know, for, for um, three and a half hours on Sunday. And it was like, but the other way to look at the other way to look at it is like, oh man, there's no way I'm, it, it's cold out. We had record, we, you and I were talking earlier in our area, we had record temperature. Um, it was freezing record cold temperatures. And like, I, I could have made, made the survival or victim and be like, no one's going to crucify me if I, if I don't run today because it's freezing outside. I was like, no, I can, I can listen to these podcasts because I, I want to be prepared. And I actually like, I love your show. I'm a follower now. And I, I gave you the five-star rating too, because I'm a big fan. Aw. You know, what's interesting though about saying that is I walk every day with my dog and Mm -hmm. I have, like I've said, I'll be back. I'm just doing the short loop, right? Which is not that long of a walk. And then I could be three times as long. And my husband goes, what happened to you? I says, well, I was listening to this really great interview and I really didn't want it. I don't want to come home till it's done, right? Well, it was an hour and a half interview, right? I'm thinking, that's how long we're walking. So I do think that those kind of mind games and having fun with things lightens everything up. Yes. So let's talk about your book, because I do want to talk about it. Um, I find that whole principles and getting through adversity and the things that when I read what you when I interpret, internalize what you're talking about, it really is about busting through limiting labels and beliefs so that we can be more and do more or just show up as who we're supposed to be without saying, oh, that's too hard. I can't do it. Or I don't know enough. Or who am I? You know, all of that stuff. So will you walk us through a little bit of the structure of the book and a couple of the principles, if we haven't already touched on the main ones for you? Yes. Um, So the first, the first, the first, um, chapter in the book is make peace with your past and that that has two components of making peace with your past and one is forgive those who have wronged you or who have perceived wronged you and in addition to forgiving if you can get to that point and you're already there you've done the work the healing send blessings okay no ill will. You gotta let go because that will keep you stuck. Um, the other part of that is what is your unfinished business or regrets you may have had that you still it's still not too late to do some sort of version of that today. So make peace with your past on your regrets, make peace of peace with your past on maybe somebody that it could even be something inconsequential that has had you stuck. It could, you could have been bullied in the third grade because you wore glasses and someone said, Hey, you're wearing glasses and we don't wear glasses. You're a nerd. And then you never knew that that bothered you, but it bothers you to this day subconsciously. So you might have to do some reflecting and unpacking, but there may be some things that you need to let go. We're so quick to have new year's resolutions. We're so quick to, to set goals. But how can we go forward if we have so much stuff, baggage holding us back and holding us down and we, we don't forgive this person and this person wronged me and I'm not 
I'm not healing and I'm not dealing with my own trauma and I have a lot of unfinished business and regrets. Like, why are we going to jump in the goal setting process if we haven't unpacked some of the stuff that keeps us stuck? It's our baggage. Now we need to make it luggage on wheels, right? So we can we can at least move forward. And you're not able to do that. And I see all these courses and all beautiful, awesome courses about planning ahead, planning ahead, planning ahead. And so I did this, I did this exercise with a with a room full of uh, real estate agents last week and they were in tears and they they were talking about their stories and they, they said that we are we are so quick to do our new year's resolutions but there's no direction and that's why they feel because there's so many things behind us that we just have to settle and if you were able to just do that unfinished business work quickly um and and, and in a process where we heal or maybe it's not quick. Maybe you have to get with a therapist. Maybe you have to really dive deep and, and have those sit downs, but at least go through the process. Then you're able to be a little bit more free in setting in setting yourself up. So that's making peace with your past. And I, and I think it's, I think it's pretty powerful because you, you gave the introduction about my toxic childhood. You know, my dad did some really, really awful things. And people will be like, you know, are you okay with him? Are you good? I forgive. I give him, I send blessings every day. We don't talk a lot. I may, may see him on Father's Day awkwardly. We don't talk a lot, but I don't have any ill will. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't hate him. I don't wish, wish bad. And when we feel victimized, oftentimes we're wishing, we're wishing the fate of another person to go down a bad hole. Oh boy. If you want to keep keep stuck, you want to stay stuck, you want victim mentality, you can't bet and root for karma. And the term karma is a karma is a B is like I cringe because I'm like, you're setting yourself up by giving that negative energy out there. Like, stop, let it go. Like the universe will take care of the universe and whatever needs to be taken care of. You take care of yourself and just be good with everything and heal. So that was that was one principle. That's a foundational principle. Yeah. Um, because the energy that it takes to maintain that um, heaviness oh. around another person and lug them with you everywhere you go is it's smothering. You know, it's, it's so heavy, you know. And so how do you be light if all you can think about is wah, wah, wah. I wish they would do X, Y and Z. It's like they're not going to do it. You're wishing it. They're not even thinking about you. Move on, right? Clear it up, process it, get help if you need, but and recognize it. Don't minimize it. But we're here for things other than what has been our past, right? Your uniqueness came through regardless of your past. Yeah. Or maybe in spite of it, I don't know. A little bit of both. Uh, yeah, stay away from the drama and the gossip. If you find yourself gossiping and in drama, Remove yourself as fast as you can. And if if you're the leader of that, then check yourself and stop talking to those people. And be, be aware of the folks that you are talking to about it. If you're standing around the water cooler complaining about your boss and complaining about life and the weather and whatever else, I mean, check yourself. And then find people that can lift you up and make sure you're lifting others up. It will change how you look at things if the five of you are just in 
drama and gossip mode, then you're going to stay there. Well, it just attracts more of it. It puts the sign on your back that, hey, you're willing to listen to my drama and my gossip. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember this been a number of years ago, but I had someone who would only call me to tell me what this other group of people were doing wrong. And I, I said, you got to stop. I said, first of all, I have individual relationships with all of them. We're all flawed. You know, we all got our quirks and I don't want to hear about it. But I would encourage you, if you've got issues with them, speak with them directly. But don't call me to bitch about them. Don't yeah. And it was weird. I mean, I felt really weird saying that. And yet the call stopped. And when they did call, we didn't talk about other people. Um, but it was like, I thought, oh, as long as someone thinks it's okay to do that with you, you put yourself out there as kind of like the trash can for garbage, right? Oh, yeah. Perfect so, analogy. Well, I've been there, done that. So it's like, I know the analogy. It's like, stop it, you know? And, um, but, and when you make that shift, it's a little jarring for people at first. But then you find the other people who say, oh, I want to hang out with this person. You want to be around this person because it's a good vibe for everybody. You want everybody to succeed. So um, is that one of the reasons why you say positivity is a super human power? Yes. Okay. Yeah, surround yourself with those positive people, um, whether they're coaches or colleagues or family or friends. And whether, it, I mean, it could be an inspirational podcast. It could be a book. It could just always surround yourself with with positive things, and and you'll you'll see the difference. Um, write positive, write positive, write positive things. There was a study, and why I say this because we were talking about journaling earlier, and there was a study. I just I, I read about a study that they um, had thirty or uh, it was thirty people on one side talk about their anxiety, their fears, their pain in their lives for 30 days and this other group did it did talk about their optimism and their goals and everything else and they talked about how um over that next year the people that wrote and journaled recorded the positivity like they met their goals they had great their aspirations came to fruition like everything was going well for them the negative people what happened they stayed stuck. They didn't improve. Most of them, most of them in some cases got worse. You know, it's just like, if you start writing, you, you know, when you write, just keep, keep that, keep that positive momentum going. Hey, you know what? If you had a bad day, you know what? What were your, what were your lessons for the day? Yeah. Like you can, and what did you learn? Okay. So you had, you, you got, you got caught up in the gossip and the drama and you, said some things you shouldn't have said. Okay, I learned that I I need to remove myself. I learned that I shouldn't do that. That's not fair. I learned that that's not keeping me in a good place. You know, so like, we're all going to slip. We're all going to have bad days. So just reframe, reframe the things that you wish didn't happen into a lesson. Changes things. And and sometimes just laughing at ourselves can help. Like when I say something, I started now, I'll just say, did I actually say that out loud, you guys? And people go, you did. And I says, sorry. Because first of all, I don't want to be thinking it, let alone spreading it. It's like putting ick on stuff. So, but when I do that, it's like, I lighten up. I don't start blaming myself. It's like, okay, have it, you know, or slips. They happen to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, as we wrap this up, Bill, 
If you were to go back to the bill before you got through all of this challenging stuff, before you wrote your book, and you're back where it's tough and you're wondering about the path forward, what might you say to yourself at that age? Um, I was so I was so tunnel vision on my my own stuff. I, I really didn't look out for others where I may have been able been a helping hand. And, you know, that's, you know, a lot of the philanthropic stuff was mo I was motivated to do that because I felt like I didn't do my part at a younger age. I look at my kids, you know, I, this is, this is kind of a cool story. And I'm so proud to, to say this is, so we're doing another marathon for make a wish, um, in, in, um, in Providence, not the Boston marathon in May. And I get to, I get the privilege of running it with my 22 year old son for make a wish and my 19 year old daughter for make a wish because they wanted to run, not they never done marathon. They're not runners. They wanted to do it because they wanted to raise money. And I, I wasn't there at their age. I was, I cared about, I cared about what was the next college party and what, what you know, where were, where were the, where was the booze and girls, you know, that, and I didn't care about anything and my kids want to want to make a difference. And, and I think just, you know, that, that is, that's just so, so powerful. And I wish I did more of that growing up. So I learned from my kids and I, you know, and I, I, uh, that was, that was my younger self that I wish I did. So we're trying to make peace with the past. Remember? Yep. So this is my way of doing that. Well, it sounds like you've had a good run at doing it already. And your kids sound amazing. Especially they, since they're not. They can't, they can be Sarah. They can be. Hey, They're your kids. They're not going to be perfect. <laughs> Remember yourself at that age. Did you think your parents were smart? No, you're still no. smarter than them. I think it's 25, 26, 27. You start going, oh, I think they might have known a little thing. Or I wish they would call me to just say, how you doing? Instead of, um, how you doing? Can I have some money? <laughs> hey, the grandkids do that to us. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah. When that happens, I think I'm so grateful we have money. Yeah. I'm so grateful we can say, sure, we can help this time. Because, you know, there was a time in my life where I couldn't do that. So yeah. it's that whole like, okay, I know they're in this teenage years thing. They're great yeah. kids. So it's great to have that ability to help them. Um, but all joking aside, that's a powerful thing you've done in your own life. So congrats to you. Great on the Providence coming on up. And Bill, yeah. where's the best place for people to connect with you, to learn more about your story, to support the marathon, any way people want to connect with you, where would you want them to go? Yeah, thri thrivinginthestorm.com is, is, is our site. I don't know if the marathon, we just f finished um, working on the page. So I don't know if the marathon's up there yet, but that, that will be, we'll be putting our podcasts are on there um, that we've done uh, some resources, free resources, some of the gratitude stuff and the journaling is on there. Some workbook exercises is in there that that's from the book. Um, and we, we write a weekly blog too. And a lot of, our, a lot of our blogs lately has been, you know, what has you stuck? And I'm just, I'm relating about stuck and what, has, what do you not feel capable of doing? And, you know, some of the, some of the blogs that we try to try to keep it relevant and maybe it can, you know, if one of those things can, can help somebody be happy to do that. It will. And you never know the one person you help may turn around and help thousands of others and you will never know about it. That's okay. That's the purpose, right? You don't need to know everything. You just need to do you. 
show right, up exactly. and do you, Bill. Hey, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I'm glad we got this scheduled. Thanks for being flexible with my schedule changes. And to all our listeners out there, um, you know, Bill mentioned listening to the podcast. I want to encourage you, if you like this episode, please share it with somebody else who you know could benefit from Bill's story. Um, go out and share it with those folks. If you feel so inclined, please give it a rating and review. We appreciate all of those. They make a difference and it helps bring it out globally to people in other parts of our country and the world. So with that, I want to say, let's get out there and do no labels, no limits, living for all of us. Thanks. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.